today on Media Litter Sandwich. I want to find out how to get the best shot possible for the best price. Well, you want to shoot that and that and that and that and that. Do you still got room on your card? I don't know. Welcome to Media Litter Sandwich, episode 101. First off, we'd like to thank everyone that came to episode 100 that came in person. Thank you. We had people just check it out. We had, it was really cool. We re-interviewed people that were on before, and we had people that never been on before, never even heard of us uh, came out. It was, it, was, it was a really fun time. Once again, thank you to Falling Down Beer Company for hosting us and, and everyone that helped out. Just way too many names. But we go to it into the video today first off oh yeah that will second now um also you could always catch media litter sandwich at media sandwich.com many many podcast apps and tuesday night seven o'clock p.m on dvradio.net or on your tune in app dv radio but we'll be in the chat room so you could talk to us and who is us we've got crazy mark from crazymark.com and you know you have history of boy do I ever <laughs> <laughs> wedding photography videography video band videography oh man been there done that at musician been on the stage ton. yeah yeah yep uh I'm Toden from Toden.com uh and I, I have history as a videographer and of course we're now I'm a podcaster and and and, and an editor um so the reason I bring that up, because one, we don't have a guest today, um, and two, we're talking about picking your best shot. How do you get the progression of just shooting everything? Because that's what that's what amateurs yeah, do, right? Really, yeah. That's how you start off. You know, you, mm-hmm. you start off somewhere and you go, "Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to shoot bands." You know, all of a sudden you get in your mind, your topic is going to be like. I was crazy, Mark, and I'm going to feature local bands and get the action out on the scene, you know? That was the whole idea. Yeah, and we're talking videography and photography. And not only are you, you know, you go out there and start shooting every single band, the opening band, the main act band, everything you can from the audience, because we're, we're talking, you know, when you're starting out, we're not necessarily saying when you have a press pass, maybe, or maybe you're a, a friend's band, you're doing his thing, and you're also shooting the crowd, you're shooting this, shooting oh, that, yeah. and at the end of the day, you have... Oh my God, <laughs> you've got hours of footage, hours upon hours, because... Or photographs, so many photographs, you don't even know which ones to edit, so you just throw them all up. See, but that was the thing. I had to not only video the band, mm-hmm. but I was also covering bands for a thing called Jam Rag. That was the local music oh, magazine yeah. that was out back in the uh, 90s and 2000s, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah, on one hand I have a camera, and the other hand I have a video camera. And it's like click, click, zzz, you know, running the stuff. At the end of the it's day. It's so much. It's so much. Oh, it's hard for me now God. when we yeah. go out to events and we're covering it as a podcast and I'm covering it as, for as an event on uh, Toten.com. It's that I stopped doing that as much because it's already hard for me because I got to set up the podcast that I run out, grab some cosplayers and stuff for the video. Uh, sometimes I have to take pictures and stuff too. And then I go back, do the podcast. I'm also pr- producing the podcast, getting a guest. So I have 
at least two projects going on at once and i'm also trying to say hi to all you know to anyone that comes up to me make friends network and enjoy myself it, it there's a lot going on and you really learn to pick your shots yeah Toten, because that i noticed when i was out on the scene first met you mm -hmm. you'd be the man for everything and when you get caught up in the energy and all the action you can't say no and then all of a sudden you're out there you're catering to everyone and you're and trying that was when yeah. i was editing doing same day editing too so i mean what, what, what was <laughs> it was it red bull every hour what was it dude what kept you going back then uh i sleeping well sleeping at well. the time i was still exercising which i needed to get back into crazy mark never slept at and one point. i have <laughs> and i still do this you know because i still have to do a lot i still have a good lunch i still eat before i go to an event yeah that way i don't have to pause if i'm pausing for anything it's to talk to somebody it's to do something with my camera or it's literally just to sit down and take a few minutes to myself uh, and then I come back out. Dude, man, it's like I'd run off to the event. I wouldn't stop for lunch or anything, but I'd shove my pocket full of Cliff Bars or Protein Bars, you know? Joe yeah, Wiedermeyer. you got to be careful with those. Too. <laughs> you know, you the, do. It's like the chocolate thing that tastes more like chalk, you know? It's all protein. It's <laughs> all protein. Uh, and if you're not working out, it'll slow you down. Because I did that when I was uh, when I was going to school. Uh, with a lot of the cliff bars and stuff because else because I was really hungry and I was working a, a day job and doing all the classwork and then and at a night class and after that I still had to work uh, an open mic night uh, or a stand-up comedy thing you know so I that was the only time only thing I had to eat it sometimes so I would eat the protein bars because it would fill me up but I wasn't even though I was still working, I wasn't physically burning the calories, and I gained a lot of weight during that Dang. time. Hey, I'm the master of gaining weight right here. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I found that to follow up on those protein bars, I cut back on those, and I included the magical apple, you know? Mm -hmm. Everybody remembers that dumb viral video that went out because I was eating an apple and interviewing at the same time. Okay, so getting back to it, getting a lot of footage, why do people do it? Why, why do people shoot yeah. everything? Okay, a lot of times you, you're trying to be, again, the good guy. You've shown up for the band. No, and I'm going to take another step footage, back. Let's you know? define everything. Okay. Um, when, people don't, when people don't know what to shoot, that looks cool. Let me shoot it. Well, there were fans at the concert. Hey, someone had a drone. The drone looked really cool. I think people should know that there was a drone here. That looks really cool. Oh, these fans are dressed like this. They're dressed like the band. They're dressed like Wonder Woman. Oh, that kid's adorable being here. Oh, there's a person there to photograph. Okay, there's them smiling. There's them laughing. There's them with other people. Oh, those people are cool. Oh, we got another band. We got an opening band. Oh, we got a, a, another t speaker. Well, these are presenters too. Let me cover this as well. And that list adds up and up and up yes and some, it does and they're not taking one shot you know one photograph or one video clip because well what if i want hey you know what what if i decide i don't want them doing turning left i wanted i want to use a clip them turning right i'm going to cover all my bases and that way i can put a great thing together what you don't realize is 
maybe you only needed one or two shots, especially if it's a live event. Keep in mind, most of our uh, experience are live events. Yeah. Um, where we have to capture what's happening in the moment. Sometimes we get people to recreate that. So the you one know, thing I learned, though, you know, covering bands. We can't spend all yeah. day on one cosplayer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you do that, then all of a sudden it's like, wow, what, what footage do I use? But back right. to bands or covering the live event. Yeah. What I've always found, and I told all the bands from the very beginning, I'm not going to record any cover tune you play. Period. Oh, why don't why won't you do that? Because I want to hear you. I don't want to hear you mm-hmm. recreating... Eight six seven five three zero nine yada 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 gold earring and overplayed. I want your stuff, but the thing was, is like you can't record all of their stuff because again, there's all that footage you have. You don't want to spend hours going through it. All the well, what's the final product? Are you just gonna you know? It also depends what the final product's gonna be. But the final product again is if if it's gonna be just them playing, then you're gonna have to. I'd say ask for some money because you're covering a band. Yeah, if you're covering you know? the entire night and getting every yeah. one of their songs. I mean, for whatever reason, archival um, um, footage for them to fit, you know to listen to themselves and see what they've done. You know, it could be like that because. A lot of people you can make a decent side job just doing that uh, for high school games, for football and stuff like yeah. that. For parents, parents will pay you. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, the sports and wedding and anything that's popular. <laughs> but when you start dealing with artists, and I know a lot of artists out there are going to start killing me. They're, the haters are going to hate. They're going to say, crazy, Mark, how dare you? I thought you crazy. It's like I thought you stood up for the scene. I thought you meant everything to the to the hometown artist. But when it came down to it, I, I literally burned myself out running out to every rock and roll show, recording every mm-hmm. band, and trying to get everything and trying to mean everything to everybody. When by the time it was said and done with, I really never had enough time to edit. That's what I had. It's, it's a time budgeting thing as well. Right. I mean, I'm sure you've experienced that, Toad, and you go out and maybe you got caught up in all the zombie action or the nerf action, and then before you knew it, a couple of weeks have gone by and you haven't produced anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, you end up going to all these events, and you're like, I don't know when I'm going to edit this. I have six videos. And that's when you start setting up a schedule. And unfortunately, there's times where I can't do events. I mean, right now, I have a lot more on my plate where I don't do as many events as I used to. And there's some events that... I don't want to say no to. I've done in the past. I love. I have fun. I have a good relationship with the organizers, the attendees, all that good stuff. It's not that I don't want to go. I just can't always go. And sometimes, which I'm going to start doing this a little bit more, I might go, but not to cover, but to have fun. That's um, a good point. I mean, that was... And for concerts, that's something I started doing a long time ago because I really liked doing video at concerts. Um, I will only do it if I'm getting paid, if I'm good friends with uh, the band I'm covering, because I prefer to watch the show. That's me personally. Because, yeah, there's there's yeah. actually a, a famous photographer from National Geographic once said, pet the whale. And what he meant was, you're going to be out there with all your gear, you want to get all the great shots, but don't forget to put down your camera at some point and take pl- take part in the action, you know, enjoy yourself, you know? Oh, yeah. Do you remember that part in, uh, I don't know if you saw the movie uh, about Walter Mitty, where he went looking for the elusive photographer who was trying to get a shot of the elusive snow leopard. 
Okay. At one point, he finds him. He travels to Iceland. He goes everywhere. Finally finds the photographer. He's like the, the dude guy, almost like from the other movie, that one movie. But as, as far as things go, they sit down and they start talking about things. And he looks through his zoom lens. And here, here comes the snow, the elusive snow cat. And Walter asks the photographer, why aren't you taking a photo of this? He says, sometimes you just want to stop and admire what's happening. You want to be part mm -hmm. of life. You don't want to always be clicking that camera trying to catch everything. And what that does is it gives you perspective. I mean, when you start to do like a cosplay event, as soon as you walk through the door, you're like, that looks really cool. That looks really cool. Oh, my. I got to get a shot of that. And as hard as it is sometimes, I mean, yeah, it's true. If you don't get a shot of that right now, you might miss it. But sometimes, you know, you have to make time for yourself. You have to go make sure you get your press pass. Yeah. Make sure you know where you're going. Um you know, there's some things that come first, uh, at least in my book. I mean, when I first started doing this stuff, I'd run them to. But if that cosplayer is, you know, keep in mind for us being YouTubers and stuff, we want that cosplayer to look th through their stuff and give you more views and share you. If they're going to be at the event and betray being at that event, they're going to be at that event for a while. If they're literally just showing up for a costume contest, they're not representing that event. In my mind, for my videos... You're only there for the costume contest. You're not there, like for a Comic Con. You're not there to go through all the um, all the independent artists and meet people and network and to have fun. You're literally just going for the costume contest. You're not representing what that event is supposed to mean and how it will promote the event and how the other attendees want to see that event. If you are, there's a good chance I'll get you in the video later. I'm going to walk around the event. I'm going to see the general environment. And that's what I want to capture. Uh, of course, I'm not a videographer that is chasing one type of person. We all know what I'm talking about. There's photographers and videographers. All they're doing is looking for those skimpy cosplayers um, you know, the, you know, the cheesy things that will make a good thumbnail. I'm looking for the oh, environment. Toad and I haven't been to Dragon Con yet, have you? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, there's so many cons that fit, fit that profile. Maybe not that <laughs> profile you're thinking of. Um, but that's, you know, I want, because I do a family channel, and I yeah. want people to watch. I don't care who they are. I want to watch it and feel like they were there for four minutes or relive that moment or that event for that four minutes. You know, I want the organizer a year from, mm -hmm. from then to look and be like, that was the event. That's what it was. And then reshare it. And send it to the newspapers that they're sending their press pack or they're sending their press packets to, and be like, "This is was the event last year. Right. This on. is it. This is what it was. Right. And on. you get shared and re-promoted again. And that's how we do it there. You know, mm -hmm. it's more than just. And that's what bo bothers me sometimes is that you'll have all the cosplayers show up just before the contest, and after it's over, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just say to myself, wait a minute here. 
some of the better costumes that would have shown up that that were there. They left. That they missed out. I, they left I hours yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I, they I, came. They bought stuff. Yeah. They hung out, and they they done so much stuff. They you know went around every single ta- table. They were tired, and they went home. Well, the thing was, no, a lot of those cosplayers show up just a few minutes before the contest. Well, I'm talking about the ones that actually participate in the event. Yeah, yeah, and and then sometimes they show up. There's some that show up later, and I've caught some really great cosplayers. Then these days, mm-hmm. I'm looking more and more towards. Okay, don't cut me off here, furries. But you know, there's a lot of great. Uh, artwork when and a lot of great cast- furries, crafting. I want to clarify this. When he says furry, he means people in actual full anamorphic costumes and beautiful, like they are absolute like mascot costumes. I mean, some are absolutely beautiful. I mean, like toxic, I know trashy, that term Scar has, Wolfcon, you know. Yeah, I know that term has several different uh, 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 things, but the only real way we really hear it nowadays, the only one that really matters is these beautiful costumes and these we've met so many great cosplayers and people that create their own characters some of them create books based off these characters they're absolutely beautiful i mean rotten sushi all of them they come up and and what is it uh panda was it uh something uh uh was it mystic panda cosplay or something you're better remembering these um, i'm just saying yeah i I actually kind of sort of sponsored that uh that full body um uh, furry kind of it, it was actually um, sharp Scyther. costumes is one that one comes to my yeah. mind from um, from um, uh, Hell Michigan Zombie Walk. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a uh, it was Scyther cosplay from the Monroe Comic Con who uh, okay. won last year. Yeah, congrats out to you. But um, yeah, as far as getting the the, the footage, getting the um, topics, the, the subjects that I want. What I look back on, though, is not to let the camera run and run and run, you know. If you're at a point to where, say, for example, it's a band, you're, you're going to get the song you've, that you've spoken with them beforehand, okay? I know mm-hmm. I'm talking in parables now, but you said, hey, what's your favorite, like, three songs, okay? Get, our, get these three songs. So at least you have a full song in the background, so when you're do- dropping in the B-roll of the cool fans mm-hmm. bouncing off the walls or or uh, crowd surfing or something like that, you still have that song going, you know? That- Let's go ahead and compare this to other things, you know? Like, okay, I'll bring up zombie walks first. When I go to a zombie walk, I have a list of things I'm going to shoot, but... I never know what's going to happen. And my so I'm also so I'm not running around with my camera recording the entire time because I'm also going to have a lot of dead moments where I'm running and the camera's pointing at the ground or where I'm trying to set people up to do a thing and it never happens. I wait till I'm ready to record, I hit record and then I stop. Uh, um you know, and that lets me go through my footage. Okay, that's that clip. And I don't have to go through a lot of dead air for it. Um, how does that compare to... I mean, sometimes things work, sometimes they don't. But weddings, you know... Weddings are oh, a little bit man. different than zombie works. Where anything good can happen, you just have to be ready for it. Yeah, the main rules um, for that right there. action yeah. starts, you hit record. But if you're not ready for the action... You, know, you might miss it, and that's okay. There are so many times where I'm recording. I set up a scene of, like, six, seven zombies in front of me, and I start recording. People see me. I'm rec- For some reason, when you're out with a camera 
and they see you actually working, they see you actually doing some cool stuff, mm -hmm. they think that camera is always rolling. Uh, and there's times where people think that you're even recording stuff going on behind you. So I literally was set five, take five minutes to set up a scene, uh, people willing to participate and there's a better scene going on behind me. So you got a rear view recording. camera. Yeah, it's a rear view camera. That's you know? okay. <laughs> Just know that it happens and talk to people and communicate with people and don't get upset. It's like I gotta go out and get some shoulder pads, football shoulder pads. But what I'm gonna do is on one, I'm gonna install on one side a camera facing backwards, another one camera facing that way, and then maybe another camera with a 360 over here. And that's hey, I did pads. that with the 360. Yeah. I ran out with the camera with my main camera, and then I had a 360 over my shoulder. I yeah, I remember everything. you had your GoPro strapped to your chest that one time. Oh yeah, <laughs> was, that too. He was out all over the place, you know. It was, but you know, the point of that is. There's so many moments of opportunity you just have, you know, I have to watch and pick my moments. But for a wedding, tell me about how, how it goes with the wedding. Uh, again, for a wedding, you already have spoken to the bridezilla prior to having oh, the Oh, they're not all bridezillas. Yeah, no, no, no. But Man, just, but, but, but no, it's, it's, it's their way or the highway, you know. It's like, here's what you're being hired for. Of course, you're being paid quite a bit of dinero. And you're going to want as many cameras as possible to get catch the wedding itself. And then with the after party, with the reception, you've got to catch a lot of that as well. And, of, of course, the party. But she will have a list of what you have to follow. And you must follow it explicitly because if one small detail is out of place, then you've blown it. That's it. You're done. Okay. So we talked about picking your shots. And you just mentioned bringing in as many cameras as you can. Can you elaborate a little bit? There? Okay, that's for, of course, an event like a wedding to where if one camera goes down, you want another camera just in case. Because I used to cover some weddings where... We're talking about video, Yeah, video. We're talking video. And, if, and this is back during a time of... Uh, SVHS cameras, and if one was known to have troubles, you've got to have another so one would, running at the so same time. So you're basically time. just doing a three camera shoot. Oh uh, no, more than a three camera. More shoot. than a three camera shoot. No, one. We're talking about three cameras at each area where the camera was supposed to be shooting. So we'd have three cameras in location number one, three cameras in location number two, and three in See, location number three. See, that sounds really overkill to me. Well, I would not, say you know at most three cameras for the reception. And then, you know, and then people do the roaming cameras differently and you actually have a person. So it depends no, no, on what your budget is. Here's what it is. One camera is for the production. One is for Murphy's Law because if something's going to, yeah. if something bad's going to happen, it will happen. And number three is for, oh, please, God, help this footage turn out, you know, kind of routine. So it's not, a, and really. What if you was, have no budget and you only have, you know, what's the most minimum amount of cameras? Three? Then you're going. I always with say three. two. If you're into photography, two, yeah. two cameras. That way you can have two different, um, uh, two different lenses. Your main lenses on there. That way you could just switch back and forth depending on what you're doing. Uh, for but, videography, I've covered weddings by my, you know, by myself. One camera doesn't always work that way. But depending what the budget is, depending what they're paying, you can make it work. But for the ceremony, two or three cameras. 
Uh, it's very, very nice for the reception. They want you to capture that moment. They really, really That's do. true. The first and you dance. don't want to be both the photographer and the videographer um, because it's very hard and it just works so much better. Get two professionals. And if you're hired to be one of them, seek out the other person, talk to them, work out a game plan. I've seen times where a photographer uh will be taking these pictures and the videographer is all over inside these pictures it's because the two never talked and of course the videographer goes well i didn't know they're taking the picture and the photographer and the photographer says i can't believe they kept getting inside my picture because they weren't talking coordination you have to coordinate with them you you know you're both working for the same client you both want to give that client your best work together play well together and you know because you never know what might come up and it just it just makes for a better product and that's for the high-end gigs like a wedding of course or a corporate event you know when you're talking about again just two cameras minimum or, or what have you now we're talking hobby let's take that off the table right there because well, see, I feel like most of our audience starts off as hobby because that's yeah. how they start. They search, but getting everything. But before you go out and tell a big event that you can cover something, you better be sure you have the right gear because you know they're going to look at what you said you could cover our wedding. You show up with this little Sony handy cam and, well, and you an talk old to DSLR. Them. You know how many <laughs> you know? gigs you can get with a little Sony handy cam, which by the way, a cell phone's now pretty much better depending on the cell phone and stuff but you can because people don't want to pay a lot or they can't and they're like look i'm just gonna have a friend record this can you just do this and you can do that as practice and now you have a now you have a gig underneath your belt and you use that for the next thing and then it keeps building i mean a lot of people started doing stuff for free it sucks yes um very tiny events you talk about corporate events corporate events has many levels um, I've done sort of corporate events, uh, on a very small level with, with gear. And I straight up tell them, look, I don't have the most professional gear. Um, what are you looking for? They're like, we just need archive. Let's see. This is the thing with a lot of corporate events, archival footage. And we mentioned, and we said that before in bandwidth, what is archival footage? So better, you know, bottom line is, is everybody's got to be out on the table with what they're expecting. Well, what is you know? archival footage? That's, you know, I talked enough. You tell me what archival footage archival is. Archival footage is just shots taken of, of, of an event, depending upon the budget given. It's something they keep in, in a backlog to yep, look back on. It's just to prove that it happened. That sounds like insurance work. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's just to prove that it happened. Oh, we got archival footage of this uh, And many places flooding. do that. They pay somebody just for archival footage. I just get paid by a church to cover their pageants. Um, no, it's not a church I was a member of. It's just literally uh, their video guy uh, would go to his family church or with his family for the holidays, and then they would pay me to come in on Easter and Christmas and film their pageants. And it may never be seen again. It's literally just to go into things like this happened. A lot of corporate they just want to do the same it. thing. They they record the presenters. They can't use the footage anywhere, but they want to be like this happened. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of insurance kind of stuff, you know. It's well, like, it's not just oh, insurance. we need a shot it's, of it's the flood. Super, it's archival, and it might go somewhere for the people that couldn't show up one day. And it's not for public. It's internal stuff. Um, and it, it, that's a good way to bring up 
your resume and get in on on a, on the side. I mean, radio stations would do that too. A lot of times it's just this happened and then it'll take couple of the best clips and then put that out on youtube or on their own website but a lot of it truly is archival footage we have this because we know what happened and because in 20 years in 30 years that person that inside that play they might that might be worth something one day or be like oh this is now the director of whatever. Let's go ahead and find the footage of them doing this pageant or when they uh, presented on this topic 20 years ago because now this is a hot topic thing. Let's how, you know, you never know what might happen. It's like, look, we That's... got Jim Morrison from this play he was in, you know? Yeah. But yeah, talking about archival footage back again and all sorts of footage. Where are you going to store the stuff? Just ah. how much do you take? Like, for example, that's why we have this clutter, semi-clutter on the, t- organized clutter on the table here. Is like, how much do you have and how long do you hold on to it for? You know? I have more. He literally just grabbed this off of one of my shelves. Um, I have more. And just looking at this, is, is it's like... Oh man, it's like going taking a. I mean, I got a stroll load. down memory lane. Yeah, I, I got a load of VHSC footage off in a mini storage <laughs> somewhere. Oh, the, oh, he's holding up the small stuff. Oh, they don't uh, even you know, know what this is. Mini don't mini mean. DVs. We got mini DVs here. I remember a time a when recordable MD. Yeah. Yeah, mini disc, recordable mini disc, audio before CDs, a CD that you can play, record, rewind, record back over. <laughs> oh man, this Sony messed up when they didn't market this right. This is this was such a great medium. I know they I got beat one out of those. the CDs. But min, mini DV, oh, can we say Can TV in Chicago? They used to use these. For their broadcast medium, and I was going, oh, oh I don't no! Know. I, used, I used to send the TV show that I worked on. Uh, um, every network had their preferred uh, method. Some had would say send me a DV. Some would send me, you know, this format, that format. I get know. a note from Chicago. And then eventually, call. they're all like, just yeah. send me digital formats. I'd, I'd get a call from <laughs> so Chicago. Much now. Hey, Mark, this is Natalie. I go, what? Your your show turned to snow halfway through. I'm like, eh, they forgot to clean their deck again. These mini DVs, I'm, I'm sorry, mini DV is one of the, the worst mediums that, that just happened. It's, oh, I'm sure. And I'll grump and I'll groan about it, you know. I mean, this is totally outdated, but there were worse. How many times I'd hit myself on the head and said I should have gotten hey, the there high there was a eight. time where, where DVDs was your archival footage before you could store it on a, a hard drive somewhere. And some people still keep um, their archival footage on DVDs. It's good well, for a backup. Good for a backup. Yeah. But they only last for so long. They have a degradation, oh, a yeah. lifespan. You, everything does. So, I mean, Toden, you have everything all does. sorts of backlogged footage. You have tons of stuff you never used. I mean, do you ever revisit it, or do you find a way to incorporate it in future things, or what? Sometimes, yes. Um, if it's for a client, this is the best way I actually keep a lot of my footage for my clients. This is your footage. I, unless they pay me, if they pay me, I, I keep a copy somewhere. I, I, you know, I have a hard drive just for certain things. Or um, if they're paying me decent, I actually make them buy me a hard drive, two hard drives, one for them, one for me. Right on. Um, and if I had a bigger budget, you know, and we talked about this before, you have your on-site storage, you have your off-site storage. 
because you never know what's going to happen on site. And ideally, you have your um, you have your storage where you're working on. You have uh, um, you have your extra, and then you have your offsite. Now, something we were talking about offsite oh, yeah. meaning it uploads somewhere to the cloud or something like that. We were talking about also was okay we have this old media which we use how are we going to transfer things over it's just like i have an old vhs oh yeah vhs c oh i still got something i could transfer those on yeah it's like the uh follow-through stuff that was one of my jobs um at a university i would transfer really old uh um i can't remember the medium it wasn't like a beta it was an old old uh beta cam type thing um that we had stuff of what's that one? The one really uh, architect, uh, really famous architect. A famous uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Yes, Frank R- Lloyd Wright. First try. We have footage of him uh, doing uh, lectures, oh. and so I and him walking around. Uh, I think it was falling, falling waters, water stuff. Okay. Um, you know, and so I was archiving that footage. Um, you know that. So you actually were there while he was alive, and he was doing his no no i was taking the old format oh Oh, okay i'm like and i was arc and i was uh i was uh um taking the original footage right on no actually no it wasn't the original it was already a copy of a copy and then i was sending it over to dvds and also digitizing it so it would be an arc so it'd be in a digital archive um and i did you know i did that for that i did that for some uh nixon presentations i did that you know um because i worked for a show that had um it had pretty much every president since i don't know long before i was alive and every major wow you kept, presidential uh, yeah. candidate I so i i went through these and that was when kept you busy oh yeah absolutely because you had that was because <laughs> you had to watch when you're you know that that was a totally different process that's a little off subject but yeah you know you still you're never done sometimes when you have you know storage containers full of stuff you're never done archiving um that's kind of why it's important to pick and choose your shots because it's easier to edit and it's easier to archive because less space and i really do wonder what the future is because now we have you know even though we could fit so much in such a little place uh when it comes to digital files we have some really large formats that take a lot of space, even digitally. I mean, they need that for oh. 4K and, and what's coming up. You yeah, know? And 8K and. And I look at that and I go, man. wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I'm on a budget. I can only I'm sticking with 720p and 1080p yeah. right See, now. That's still, why I wanted you know? to kind of keep to the amateur starting off. What do you do starting off? You pick and choose. You make it easy for you. I'm not saying just go with the first take. But the more you do things, the more you realize that's cool. When you're shooting a film uh, and you're low budget, you only have time. It's so hard. How do you choose a thing when you have three takes and there's a mistake in every single take? I'll tell you. I've been around. You get better doing those things. You know what to look for. You know to look at the extras to make sure they're not goofing around or doing something they're not doing. You make sure to talk to somebody. Dude, one of the first things I ever shot, I shot a music video uh, for for one of my first actual film classes, and we had this extra. I don't know uh, what exactly was going on with her, but every shot I had, I had to redo a walking scene uh with with this group of friends uh and it was a really long way to tell 
scope lens and it was a really long zoom out and the or zoom in something like that okay so you had but this problem soon when she What's gets up? in this frame she kept scratching her chest and it just kind of looked like you know so did a door open and a remote panel happen with digital lights every single take she's like doing this and she was wearing a low cut top and eventually as a guy i had to tell her and you know i was like hey stop messing with 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 your chest stop scratching stop doing whatever it is you're doing you know and she's you know and she stopped after i mean yeah she was embarrassed which again sometimes you pull somebody to us to the side if it's something that might be embarrassed but if you're really quick and you don't have that time you got you got to get over that shyness and just be like hey keep your hands to your side or something, you know, am I, you know, she's doing something. I could show you the footage. I'm not being, you know, I'm just telling you what you were doing. You start knowing to look for these things, watching where people's hands are, watching where their eyes are, um, watching where people are walking. Um, and you start to be able to direct a scene and get the overall feeling. <laughs> Especially if we're talking like, really... I caught you back there digging for a big one. Whoa! Yeah, we're talking about a really low budget where one person's wearing many hats. Cause <laughs> Dude, like, I had to do that with a f- piece of footage once. I was I was shooting it and I looked back after several takes and says, Wait a minute, my subject back there. And she's doing very unladylike things. Oops, I'm going to have yeah, to so it's, like, get her out and zoom in on, on yeah. me and... Well, I used to, you know, like I said, I was doing like like uh, uh, the, these live shows or recording, you know, the, these presentations. I want to get footage of the audience. Again, you use extra cameras to shoot the audience. That way you can do cutaways and stuff like that. It was, it, yeah, there was times where the director would be in my ear going, no, not that person. Someone spick their nose behind them. Uh, keep going. Um only ho- okay, they're about to nod. Just just give them as they move. Their head comes up because that person doesn't look like he's nodding. Okay, I probably won't use it, but at least I have it. Um, sleeping, sleeping. That person's paying attention. Very cool. Uh, that person's paying attention to something else, but they look really intent. Get a close up in there. All right, sweet. So this is your director telling you where to shoot and how to. Oh get yeah, it and, and he's watching the entire. What, yep, you know, that's what they're paying for. He's got all the cameras going on, and he, you know, okay, I need to cut away to the audience. Okay, he sees everyone that's sleeping, everyone that's picking their nose. People are yep. doing whatever, and you know, one, you want to avoid those people, you know. Not because, you know, yes, it's funny, but that's not your job. That's not what people are looking for when they watch it. Yeah, but when the director's that back there behind your shoulders and working with a crew of many, yeah. I've seen him in action, man. I've, I was uh, watching a recording of a Loons game up in Midland, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, switch to that camera, switch to that camera, move to that camera. Okay, camera 12, camera 6. Okay, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah, when See you get into Somebody sports. in the crowd, somebody in the crowd. Get that crowd. They're doing the wave. They're doing the wave. Back again. Yeah, there's that one yeah, person. Yeah, in sports, man, you got some good people that can watch a lot of things. And they still have a script. Yeah. They have a loose script that they follow because, you know, obviously you're watching the, 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 the puck, the ball, the whatever. But, again, yeah. going back to footage and, and gathering all this backstock footage that we have. And that what we've learned over time, in the beginning, of course, we've left the camera on, we shot everything because we were so excited about what was happening. And now that we've matured as uh, videographers, I mean, what do you see from, like, if you step back years ago, 
compared to now? What have have you improved on? Um, I think I improved on being able to read a situation. I could walk up and be like, "Okay, that person may or may not want to be in the ca- be on the camera. Let me go say hi to him. Not even not ask him if I could get him on camera. Let me just say hi and compliment their outfit and see how they react. And and that's still not a full thing because some people don't they don't respond well to that, um, or they think you're trying to do something else. But I do find like if you only want to be, you know, if if you would respond better to me just saying, hey, can I grab you on camera? Which I do that way more if they're already in character, if they look wonderful, if they're smiling, if they are posing. Hey, let me grab you on camera. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you. Um, if I have to pull them out of their shell, uh, I kind of see if I can pull them out of their shell. Usually it doesn't take much because they're there. They want to have fun. Yeah. But sometimes people are legitimately having a bad day. Something just happened. There's been times where I go up to grab someone's video and I found out someone just broke their glasses that they paid hundreds of dollars they're, for. Yeah. They don't want to be on camera. But yeah. you don't know what happened, so you kind of got to read into them. And, mm-hmm. you know, and you could always talk to them later. It, it's being... You know, people don't remember, and this is one of the things so uh, um, someone told me when I went out to do one of my first promotions things for myself. Um, I thought I had to have, you know, handouts and cards and give everybody something. Yeah. Uh, they said it's not about what you give them. It's about how you make people feel. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's all about the people when you turn on that video yeah. camera. It's about the band, the people, the audience, that kind of thing. I remember way back when my whole deal was to get that camera rolling as soon as I got there and get up in everyone's face and like, it's like the onslaught, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven punch, not letting up. Nowadays, I'll get to a gig or somewhere and I'll take a break, stand back and take in the event and figure out where I really want to go and where I want to spend my time and money Mm -hmm. shooting video and I don't get up in everybody's faces. I, I, like I said, I look at it as an observer first, then I work into it. If a band is playing, I let them warm up with their first song. I don't, I just don't hit their first song. See, that's interesting because yeah. a lot of the bigger acts, you only have the first three songs. Oh to yeah, do yeah, photography. yeah. Back, back when I was a working. Well, we're with, talking, we're talking yeah. independent. We're talking yeah. smaller band, smaller budget. But like, if you're gonna go shoot, like let's say the Foo Fighters, uh, and you have a press pass or you, you're being paid to shoot the show, usually you only got the first three. That's another reason why I kind of. But those aren't the people that need to hear this. The people that need to yeah. hear how to pick your shots are the people starting off or trying something new. Yeah. Um, how do you pick your shots? What's your best two tips of picking your shot? Your best shot is you want to get to a If you don't have a microphone what, that you can patch into the system or get the recording off the system where you're getting the recording off your camera itself is that you're going to choose a location in the room where your ear hears a comfortable mix of the sound, and you're going to shoot from that location. That's your this first. This is for, for recording yeah, a band. This is for recording a band. And then also as well, you may want to talk to the band ahead of time to find out what are their three favorite numbers, which ones they want you to shoot, instead of just blowing all your uh, footage, blowing all your memory away on your iPad or your camera or mm-hmm. whatever. So it, it's a way of 
conserving your money, getting the most out of your uh, camera, out of the event, and, and making having everyone a happy. Shot list, yes. it sounds like. Yeah. That, that Going kind of ahead thing. of time, yeah. sort of having a shot list. Uh, mine for, you know, uh, event coverage where you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, don't get lost in the details. Don't uh, pull out your pamphlet. Your you know your you know look at the convention. Okay, you know this panel's going on. Oh, I should get great shots. Uh, you know and do this and that and that. You know what? That's a good place to start, and you will get ideas from that and know what's going on. But don't get lost. Don't if you can't have a real shot sheet. I mean, you might have like, oh, I need a medium shot of a cosplayer doing this, but you're really vague on what you're doing because you don't know what you're gonna see. You know, keep things kind of loose, and it's okay if you miss something. If you really want to get again, if it was a certain pose, you can do it again. It's okay. Just not repetitively and respect everybody. And, you know, and live in the moment, kind of, and have fun. That, yeah. Th that's really, if you're not having fun, your energy is... People are going to read that energy. And there are times where we are working all day, sometimes all week, doing the same thing, you know, like two days in a row, no sleep. And you're like, all right, I need you to hold your hand like this. And, and hey, that thing was really cool you did. Can you yell that one line? Thank you. You know, you still have to, you know, if you're tired, Show that you're a happy tired. Like, man, it's been such a long week, but sorry. Not, uh, no, I'm here for another dollar. Okay, raise your hand. <laughs> here for that. another dollar. Because <laughs> then they become mechanical. If you're going through the motions yeah. and being mechanical, they're mechanical. At least smile and enjoy what you're doing. If you can't get to that point, take a minute to yourself walk away from you know depending on how you how you refresh yourself some people and do a jaeger bomb walk <laughs> well see i don't see i don't recommend drinking while you're working yeah at of course because if you have to drive home the cops are going to find out anyway so yeah keep it straight where it sometimes while you're I, you know i understand sometimes at the end of a long day where it's a party atmosphere where you where you don't really need it that's different I think that's horrible advice. You should be ashamed. <laughs> Shame. Whoa. Ding, 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 ding. Shame. Ding, 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 ding. If you have to walk, that's cool. You know, but if you have go to drive, for a walk. Say, stay straight. Don't drink. <sighs> <laughs> and drive. You're, uh, take a moment for yourself. If you have to go to your car and take a nap, if you know you'll recover from that nap and be awake. Because, you know, some people don't – some people are asleep, you know, whatever. Do whatever you need to do and no one knows your body like you do. Unless that's special someone you're going out with. But anyway, back to the tapes. <laughs> okay, I think we're about wrapping it up. We talked about <laughs> the tapes. Baby. This show wasn't even about the tapes. It's about getting a shot. How do you get the, you know, okay, so this topic was requested by one of our fans. That's actually yeah. going through every single episode who happens to be off camera and he doesn't have a microphone. So, nah, 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 nah. Hey, Carl, um, what's up? Did we answer your question? He was asking about how do you pick and choose your shots? Did we, did we answer your question? Yes or no? <laughs> you give me a lot of perspectives on things that I might not have considered. Okay. Okay. He said we gave him more perspective. So, hey, if we gave you more perspective, if we didn't answer the question, if we can answer it better, tell us. 
communicate that to us. We have a Facebook group, Media Layer Sandwich group. Uh, we're on Twitter. Crazy Mark, Toden, talk to us individually. Email us. <laughs> Podcast at medialittersandwich.com. We are looking for sponsors. Huge, huge thank yous. Always to Turtle Trinkets. Check out Turtle Trinkets on Facebook. You can look through their stuff. If there's something you like, message them or go figure out where they're going to be. They're all over the Michigan, Indiana, Ohio. They're all over places. Check out Turtle Trinkets. They sell, well, little trinkets. You have pop culture type stuff. We're on DV Radio. Great shows. Barracks Talk is the main show. Charity of choice is the DV Farm. Don't know what the DV Farm is? Look it up. It's a really good charity. Um, you know, and home. remember PTSD dog. He loves he loves PTSD dogs. Dog. Rock. He, he has his show uh, PTSD and the Service Dog, I believe. Or uh, but Joaquin Watai, great host. He yeah. has great interviews. A lot of times you read like these Facebook articles of how someone well, treated a veteran and their service dog. Well, a lot of times on that show, they actually interview those people. Somehow they're able to get those people on that show, which is amazing. And there's very few like uh, 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 shows where you know, you know, where they get all these viral type articles to come out and it's a perfect show for all these service dog type uh, memes and articles that come out to listen and really understand. That's a great show. There's a ton of great shows on there. Um, NAMS, uh, Not Another Military Spouse is a show that they're promoting heavily for good reason. It's a good show. I've done a few shows with Owl. This is a good one. Um, who, el who else are we shouting out? We're, of course, shouting out. Uh, all about William who couldn't be here again today. Let's give a big shout out to Three Wise Men and to Crusader Cross. Hey, what's up there, guys? Oh, oh. and and Otto. Oh, Electric oh, Otto uh, Funk Factory. Yes, you Otto. rule. Otto. If we ever do a more talk show type thing, I want Otto to be my DJ off to the oh, side. Oh, man. He was like right there dropping the beat and making it happen big time. Yeah, you could check Otto out in the episode 100. He was the heart of the party. I mean, we were the brains of the party, but he was the heart of mm -hmm. the party. He was the heartbeat of the party. Yeah, and big thank you to Third Hand B, my nephew, who was helping right out on, with the Right on, yeah. Oh, there's just so many things. Just check that out. Um Mark does a ton of stuff. Where can they can find like the hub of all your stuff? Oh, the big hub is at crazymark.com. And by the way, thanks again, Jackie. And I'm at toden.com. And you can watch the video versions of this and all my stuff at youtube.com slash K. And, of course, if you want to watch or listen to the podcast, we're on many podcast apps. If we're not on the podcast app you want us to be on, let us know and we'll try to figure that out. But we are on a ton of podcast apps. Oh, a ton. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe. Please follow. Please talk to us. Let's continue this conversation. And may, may the, the algorithms, algorithms be in your, your favor. favor.